This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Usually each week we discuss a chapter from the Harry Potter series, but today we're doing something a little different. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. As you know, J.K. Rowling has been out here wildin'. So we're using this episode to celebrate queer and trans folks in the fandom with Jesse and Lark from the Harry Potter podcast, The Gaily Prophet. Hi. Hi. Uh, we're really happy to be here. Yay. We are. We're so excited that y'all are here. We've been, like, wanting to do this for a while, and then this happened, and we were like, well, I guess it fits, even though we just want to talk to them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know, we need an excuse, but... (laughs) We were going to do it anyway, but I guess now is, like, the time. We were like, I guess now is a good time. But I wish it was under better... Circumstances. Circumstances. (laughs) This is literally what I've been saying for the past week, because it's like... All of a sudden, a lot of people are like, oh, you got to listen to The Gaelic Prophet. And I'm like, great. I wish it was under way better circumstances than JKR showing her whole ass. I know. I've been enjoying reframing it as this is just, it's poetic justice that this is what's getting (laughs) us noticed as like a queer and trans podcast. It's like, fucking take that, JKR. Do you swear Right. I mean, we've been telling people to listen just because we're like, the name. It's called The Gaily Prophet. First off. Give them all their coins. I don't remember who, who like, somebody shared it with us. I was like, wait a second. This is, like, the best. Like, I love puns. They're, like, one of my favorite things. Yeah. Like, it's so good. It's great. It's so Thank good. Um, um, okay, so okay really quick announcements and reminders. We we love tangents on this podcast. Um, <laughs> really quick announcements. Use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Um, and you can also tag and follow us at WeBlackAndNerds. Become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscrate.org slash donate. Um, if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, and join our Slack channel for all things awesome and community-driven. Yep, and you can find all of that at blackgirlscrate.org. Okay, cool. So, we would love for you both to introduce yourselves. Um... First, just name, pronouns, and what is your Hogwarts house? Uh, I will start. I'm Jessie. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a Gryffindor. I am Lark Malachi Gray, and my pronouns are he, him, and I also am a Gryffindor. Uh Uh-oh. Gryffindor podcast. Gryffindor podcast. Would you like a... We've We've been meeting, like... Like, through doing this, there's a lot of Slytherins and Ravenclaws that we've been meeting. So anytime I meet, meet Gryffindors now, I'm like, oh, they do word. Exist. Like, yeah, I'm like okay. I mean, I will say that I am a Gryffindor sun, Ravenclaw moon, so. Word. word. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a Hufflepuff moon. I like we have this whole. I think I got started Hufflepuff on Pottermore, and at first I was like no, and then I was reading them and I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> like I am most of these things, but still like strong Ravenclaw son. I got sent in Gryffindor on Pottermore once because Bayana made me do it live on one of our podcasts, <laughs> and I was so concentrated on making sure I got Ravenclaw and not Gryffindor that the internet gods were like, haha, Gryffindor. And I was like, that's false. But whenever I do, like, the other, like, the other sorting quizzes that are not, would you rather walk in the moonlight or dip in sun or whatever the hell that shit is. Um, which, also, the sorting hat quiz on Pottermore never has actual Ravenclaw answers. Like, if you caught someone cheating, what would you say? It's like, I would, like, not tell on them, but I would. I would probably mind my business. I would mind my, I would mock <laughs> right. them and then go about my life. Like, yeah. Why is fighting always a thing or telling the teacher or whatever? I'm like, why, why couldn't I just roll my eyes and then continue to mind my business? <laughs> right. I, I feel like quietly judging them and then minding your own it's business the most is pretty much right. thing. Right. Yeah. And it's never an answer. So, yeah. I'm a Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. Um, <laughs> people can like argue about my sun, my moon. I don't Your know. Moon. I don't understand that shit. But y'all can argue <laughs> about it all you want to. But I only I only claim one house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about your podcast. How did you come up with the concept for it? Um, like, when did you decide that this was, like, a thing that you wanted to do? And how do you guys, like, uh, so know each our... other and decided that you wanted to do it together? I always think that, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so our, our, like, tagline or whatever is that it's the intersectional queer Harry Potter podcast of your dreams, uh, which is, I think... The answer to how it came into existence is that um, Jesse and I both really liked the Harry Potter podcast, Which Please, which is mm-hmm. a like feminist um, Harry Potter analysis podcast, a very critiquey feminist Harry Potter analysis. And they went book by book, and so it was over in like a heartbeat. And we were like, gosh, that's sad. And then at some point, it was like, oh, we text about Harry Potter constantly. We could turn that into the queer Harry Potter critique podcast of our dreams. And we assume that because it's the podcast of our dreams, it's the podcast of everyone else's dreams too. I mean, I feel like that checks out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think, That's I think a lot of times, like, when you make things for yourself, then all of a sudden everybody else is like, wait, I've been waiting on this. So yeah, it yeah. seems legit to me. So what? So when you kind of started, what was kind of the goal? Was it because I know, like, for Robin and I, it was mostly just like, we want to talk to each other. And so we're just going to do it. And it's fun. But was there like a specific goal? Um, are there things that you kind of are like looking forward to in like to talking about in future books or, you know, like what are some of the things that you're kind of, I guess, wanting to tackle in the show? A little bit of it is for us is also for, you know, giving me and Lark space to talk about this stuff because we live very far away. Um, But also I think at this point, what is, I mean, what is really exciting is that for one, there wasn't like a queer specific Harry Potter podcast, which seemed super weird because 
like two thirds of the people that I know also are obsessed with Harry Potter. So it seemed weird there wasn't a like, you know, Harry Potter, like a queer focused Harry Potter podcast in the first place, you know, that was like explicitly like queer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, is that the later books of Harry Potter are so explicitly political. And I think that, um, at least for me, like I'm super excited to like get into sort of the, uh, some of the like radical politics and also to, you know, critique the conservative politics of the books themselves. Cause they get like, I mean, like books, like book five is like so incredibly political in a way that's like, you know, Oh, the government and your education system is failing you. So you have to teach yourself. Like that is, that is like radical politics right there. Mm -hmm. And it's like very beautiful. And so it's stuff like that to be able to kind of discuss that maybe a lot of other podcasts that are more focused on kind of like how fun the series is, isn't necessarily getting into. And like, uh, at least for me, I'm really excited to kind of like, I mean, tear into the series as a whole, but also just to be like, let me tell you all of the things about why this is great and deep and political and relevant to our current trash fire political climate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the reason, like, so we're both Gryffindors and we have talked a lot about the fact that like what makes both of us Gryffindors is that we just like shout about injustice a lot. (laughs) And this gives us a platform to like shout about injustice through a very accessible lens that also we both are very nerdy about. And so it's just this really beautiful space that we get to be like, let's analyze all sorts of things through the context of Harry Potter while also being able to just like be really silly and funny inside of this like fandom that we really love. And it just is great. It's really great. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the one of the things that Bayan and I were thinking about when we started Wizard Team was, like, I listened to a couple of Harry Potter podcasts, and what you were saying about it, the people kind of fixating on the fun aspects of it, um, and then whenever, Bayan and I used to not live as close as we do now, but, and also we're, we have a huge age gap, so whenever we would talk about the series, we would dive deep into, like, minutia, and because of just who we are and our experiences and our lens, we would bring that to those conversations. But it was mostly, like, very in-depth conversation about why, like, Harry should have taken better care of the two-way mirror and we wouldn't be in the situation. Type of, you know, like, it was, it was still very rooted in the text of the series, a lot of our conversations, and that's why we knew that it would, our podcast would be um, good. I guess. Um, I don't want to say successful, but, you know, like, good or catch on. Um, Is there something like that um, that you guys think is, like, you know, like like you said, like, I feel like the fandom is, it's one of the things that when we started the podcast is when we started to, like, actually get into the fandom more and we didn't come at it backwards. But And I was so shocked at how clear and accepting the fandom was. Is that something that you guys are, like, really um, cognizant about and um, kind of thinking that will, like, set you apart and be more impactful? 
So I, I want to jump in as someone. So I've actually, I've been sort of involved in the Harry Potter fandom since I was like in high school. Um, and like, and like, at least for me, uh, I'm, I'm 34. So for me, high school is like around the time that like uh, book four has been out. Book five is like about to come out slash came out when I was in high school. Um, and so kind of like smack dab and like the sort of prime grew up with Harry Potter uh, kind of person. Um, and so what, and at that point, the fandom was very straight and cis and white. And I feel like now there's still a lot of that, obviously in, in the fandom. Uh, and it's definitely maybe more diverse just because Harry Potter is so mainstream now than it was when kind of like, you know, book four and five were coming out before like the movies were like, you know, really super popular. Um, but it's still, I feel like overwhelmingly like cis white ladies seem to be sort of like a lot of the, like, you know, the, the fandom, like the online fandom seems to kind of be slanted towards that. Mm -hmm. I feel. Um, and I know at least for us, it was sort of important to be like, you know, there isn't a queer, you know, focused Harry Potter podcast and, you know, uh, not a lot of like people of color who are talking about, you know, Harry, you know, I have like, you know, a Harry Potter podcast, even though it's just bizarre. Cause again, I know like my siblings are obsessed with Harry Potter as much as I am. Like I know a lot of, you know, brat, like black and brown folks that love Harry Potter. So it seems weird that like, you know, there's, it seemed weird that a lot of the like podcasts and like online fandom still seem to be like white cis people so it was important for us to be like well if nothing else we're gonna have a niche <laughs> of like you know because we can't do the whole like i've never read harry potter before it's like no we read it over and over again and we're obsessed with it right so, yeah you know yeah i think right the queer the queer focus is for sure the the thing i think um that yeah, that we think, you know, sets us apart or whatever, how, however you want to phrase that. Um, and, you know, despite what Jesse was saying about a lot of the fandom being, like, cis white ladies, um, there is such a rich and diverse aspect of the fandom and that is very, very queer and very finds a lot of solace in Harry Potter. Like, a lot of queer people find a space for themselves in Harry Potter and in the Harry Potter fandoms. Um, and and there, as far as we were aware, there wasn't a podcast out there being made for that piece of the fandom. And so I think that's who we're creating for. And, you know, any cis straight people who want to like join us on our journey or absolutely like yes come become the best allies you can be um but our we assume that our audience is predominantly queer like that's who we're making the podcast for i think that's awesome and i um i'm excited to join me on your journey <laughs> <laughs> I also yeah. feel like a lot of what you both have been saying is, like, very similar to 
yeah, how we've definitely. been kind of like <laughs> <laughs> navigating this. Especially even like even though like both of us kind of weren't in the fandom until so I because like I'm like twenty five, so I I started reading the books when I was like six. Um, and so I was, my parents weren't letting me get on the internet. You know what I mean? Like I was not like, (laughs) like I wasn't doing that and I am not a sneaky person. So I wasn't, I was just following what they told me to do. Um, I wasn't wasn't rebellious. And even when I did start doing that, I was like only going online to take like quizzes and like find out how much I knew about Harry Potter so that I could then go back and read it again and then like take the quizzes again (laughs) and get better scores. Like that was it. Like, I really wasn't even really thinking about, like, the communities outside of that. So it's just, like, interesting to hear because I think, like, also it's in terms of the fandom that, like, Robin and I have interacted with, it's been much more queer. But also this t- this past year has been very, um, we've been, we went to, like, four Potter cons, which yeah. is doing a lot. Like, I, like, talking about Harry Potter is great. I wouldn't recommend doing four cons a year. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Never. As, as entirely too much. Too much. Um, but we were like exposed <clears throat> to different parts of the fandom that we, our sweet summer children, were not ready for. <laughs> not like <laughs> just learned lots of things. Things um, that you can never unlearn. You can never, never unlearn. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I go to cons on on vacation, and I have never done like four in a year because it's like still so was... much, and it is like. It's it's such an interesting sort of world to be at a con when you're just like, oh wow, I thought I was obsessed, and then and then it's like, oh what? right, yeah. and then of course there's it's like, like next, next, it's level. next level, and then of course there's also like the like you know a lot of those people have known each other like they're their own communities and stuff, and so we were going to ones in like one we were in is L A, and then we were in one that was in like um, in New York, like upstate New York, um, and then like. So, like, it's just the communities are slightly similar, so they, like, kind of know of each other, or they have, like, be- like, it was just, like, it's a lot of different yeah. things happening. Um, but it's interesting because then it also, while you're there, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is not, like, because for us, like, we are primarily talking to black people, and so then we go to those spaces, and it's not really, like, our audience isn't really there. Um, yeah. Some maybe, think- but it's not, like... Yeah, it's just a different kind of thing, I feel like. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting too because like my and and maybe this is also because of who I am, but like my introduction to cons, I was like, Oh wow, this is very queer. But also like what Jesse was what you were saying is there aren't like even if a lot what to me felt like a lot of people, um, a lot of queer people, they were in the audience and they weren't on stage or they Mm. weren't, you know, some of them are, but it's still predominantly cis white women. Um, and, and I think that it's like for us too, like, you know, there are, there are black potheads. There's no way that those books can sell what they did. And like, we're the only, you know, (laughs) there's only five black people that read them. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, but finding and creating those spaces for those, for those voices to like be heard and hear themselves and like talk about those things that stand out. And there are things that I notice, um, like stick out. Um, cause I think I was listening to you guys and you like the plum velvet suit 
um, there's like a like a comment about that, and like to us that really stuck out as well. And and just so, like like I, I always say that like when you're you're reading the same books, but you're not reading the same stories because your experiences and your life um, informs how you read, what sticks out to you, like the lessons you take away from like what those words on the page mean. Um, and so I think that it's it's to me, and it's also probably because. I'm used to being marginalized, so I flock towards, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe in my brain, I was like, it's so queer because my, my, myself was like, I'm the only person here that I know. I'm going to go flock towards, you know, the people that I feel comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, it's a weird, weird thing, fandom, (laughs) (laughs) not just Harry Potter, but like all of fandom and it's difficult to yeah. navigate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like it's 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 wonderful because it's so great to find people to like communicate and bond over a thing that is like a shared love of Star Wars or Game of Thrones or the X Files or what have you. But then it's like also that same sort of passion that people like really are attached to. It's like oh, if you critique this thing, you're critiquing mm-hmm. me. And it's like, actually, <laughs> we, can just, we can just acknowledge how terribly, you know, Martha Jones was treated without it being an attack on, like, you know, Doctor Who. Like, I mean... I'm like, we could yeah. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then this divulges into a Martha Jones de- 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 deserves better. Very easy that. for us to go there. <laughs> We can do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, for sure. I think that we also, like, I think, like, we talk a lot about critical fandom and, like, critiquing the things that you love. And that has definitely seemed like a thing that has, that I think the fandom overall kind of, or just fandoms overall, like, kind of lack. People people love to stand and, you know. I get it. But what do you even do? Like, what is there to right. talk about? Then you're just like, wow, that not... time that one thing happened, that was great, right? Like, that's like, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> okay. So boring. Yeah. I'm from San Diego, and like, my hometown con is San Diego Comic Con. Um, <clears throat> and I've been going. I'm not from San Diego. I, I've lived here since high school. I just, it, it sounds wrong. I said it because it's, you know, succinct. But then as I say it, I'm just like, no. Um, I've lived here since high school and I've been going to Comic-Con and literally there's been since like post the OG7 and the movies um, fan-led programming there's been one Harry Potter panel and it is if you like Harry Potter you can go to the park in Orlando and you can and now they're opening the park in in LA and you can make your own butterbeer and I'm like what are we doing here like all of that is easily googleable googleable sure yeah, yeah. Um, yes. so why am I like spending like 50 minutes of my time hearing about all these things that like we know like why aren't we talking about the impact of the series in like you know a critical and like real way so I think that it's 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 tough um but were you guys do you consider yourselves like active part like active in the fandom or is this like your first foray into being like more active in the Harry Potter fandom? It's mine. I think like Jesse was saying earlier, she's been part of it for 
ever. Um, I I have never been part of any online fandoms of anything. Uh, my I just like read the books over and over and over. Or I did. I can't anymore without being like, I have to take yeah. one. <laughs> so now I just read them for the yeah. podcast. But, um, it was, yeah, it was like, I, I read the books and then I like text with Jesse and a couple other friends or like talk about it with folks. And that was the extent of my fandom. And so I'm, I'm in it for the first time now. So Jesse, you've been a part of the fandom for a long time online. What were, what were you doing um, so... Or how were you What were you doing? What were you doing? What were you doing on the internet, unsupervised, in the early 2000s? Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, mainly I was reading fan fiction. Uh, I had a live journal dedicated solely for me to, like, read fan fiction back in R.I.P. live journal. Um, <laughs> and... And mainly I was reading fan fiction because, like, especially when the books were coming out, it was sort of like, oh, like, what's, you know, what's going to happen next? Like, sort of, what does this all mean? And kind of like, you're kind of like, all right, I've read book four, like, four times now. What what next? So, um, and I'd actually, before getting into Harry Potter, had read a lot of X-Files fan fiction for pretty much the same reason. So, mainly a majority of my interaction was reading what other people were writing and talking about it. Um, not so much my own kind of like, this is what I think, but mainly just kind of being like, yes, let me know your theory about magic and what's going to happen next and all of this good stuff. And even now, like, you know, I, I still, I still write fan fiction. I still like, you know, read it and, you know, I, I retweet stuff, but like, this is sort of Mike the podcast is sort of like my most the most active in the Harry Potter fandom that I have been like ever that's not just like you know obsessively reading people's stuff and being like this story was great thanks yeah. you know so awesome yeah what so what is um well try to, but like I'm, I'm curious about like what your thoughts are on like how because I think like for me like we went to four Pottercons so um (laughs) I because for me like so we or like I did not really start trying to like get into fandom I didn't go to my first like Pottercon until was that 2017 yeah Yeah. um so like and you were on staff three issues ago yeah I was on staff which like really wasn't it really mostly meant I was on panels but um Mm mm-hmm I guess my thought is, or my question is, like, what, in terms of, like, fandom fatigue, is that something that you've gotten before or yet? Or are there ways that you're, like, trying to combat that? Because I think for me, we went real hard this year, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm, like, no longer I'm, trying to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think mainly what I do is that I'm never like just in one fandom Mm, if -hmm. that makes sense like um so like harry potter's been pretty consistent for me since like 2003 but like um there were several years and i was really into the like buffy and angel fandom i uh you know earlier for the past couple of years like really hard into game of thrones um 
And what's great about that is that if when there's times like, oh, last season of Game of Thrones was super <sighs> trash. Like, I'm taking a My break goodness. from that. I'm going to go back and find... And also a whole other thing. <laughs> and I'm going to go back and find just, like, some cozy, like, uh, Harry Potter fan fiction. Or it's like, oh, man, I'm over people arguing about Hermione being black in the series. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, find something else for me to read for a while. And, I mean, part of that is that, like, I have a, I have a, I have a variety of interests. And, like, in general, if I'm watching a show or a movie that's really good, I'm inevitably going to, like, go online and be like, what is the, what is the fandom of this like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's great that, like, you know, with, with Star Wars, for example, so like, I mean, of course, the fandom for Star Wars is really just... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Trash <laughs> there, um, which is, like, interesting to watch where I'm, like, not... I'm, like, I know enough to read fan fiction, but not invested enough to be, like, besides, like, don't shit on people of color and women and women of color in the series. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. But, like, not invested where it's like, all right, this is pretty toxic. I'm going to go back into the now new His Dark Materials rebirth of the fandom that's been around for, like, 20 years. Awesome. Great. So, it kind of, in, if, if for me, it goes in, in, waves, it goes yeah. in waves where it's like, so, did I say raves? I think you said waves. I heard rave. Uh, also kind of like a rave in that it's very intense. Um, just because fans can yeah. get really intense. Like, and sometimes you're kind of like, why do you have to be so racist and sexist? Like, can we just not do that? But. Yeah. And they just right. do right. Yeah, I know. I think, like, I think for me too, like, I was, it could also be, you know, we're currently reading The Cursed Child on, like, it's our podcast, which is the actual worst. Um, and <laughs> it's honestly, like, I don't think I've ever been so angry. <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh. Um, but, so we've been doing that. I have, I have. It's like, it's awful. It's so bad. Um, but, like, so we're doing that, and then, like, the, the cons, and then the, like, you know, I guess we should get into it. It's been <laughs> almost 40 minutes, but... Um, <laughs> But just, like, all of that stuff together, I'm just like, I just need to not, because... But then we have Wizard Team, and so, like, it's not really, like, I ever fully can... I think that's one of the things with, like, having yeah. the Potter podcast is that you can't fully, like, pull out in the way that you would. Like, I... Yeah, it's like I jumped in, and it's like, oh, no, I'm stuck here. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Wizard Team's fun, but the rest of it is, like... My goodness. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that because sometimes you're just like, uh, I don't know if you listen to or have listened to Welcome to Night Vale. I think um, Robin, yeah. Which, Robin has. Uh, which for a couple of years was sort of like the fandom that I was most into and most kind of like obsessed with, but there was just a lot of. Honestly, just racism in the fandom to the point where I'm just like, I can't even with any of y'all anymore. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was really sad for me, but I was still kind of like, you know, I still love the the source material, but I think I just need to like, you know, I need to take a break and kind of be like, you know what, I'm just gonna be my own corner of people that I know mm-hmm. personally who like this stuff I can talk to about it and then not talk to anyone on the internet about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think for me, it's, uh. it's funny because I never read fanfic. I still don't really read that much fanfic. I do love fan art, and Twitter has made it so that I can hear everyone's opinions on everything at all times, <laughs> even if and when I'm not very interested in knowing those opinions. Um, <laughs> especially because I've kind of staked myself as, like, the Harry Potter girl or you know, any of my nerdy pursuits. And so even if it's something that I'm actively not engaging in or haven't seen, someone will tag me in it and be like, make sure that you see this bullshit. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's, it's an interesting thing because you do at a certain at a certain point, you have to step back and start to protect yourself and protect also the, the original source, you know? Like, there are, um, I would say Veronica Mars, for example, is, like, a fandom, and I got really into the online discourse when the movie was happening, and that showed me a very ugly side of a lot of these things, and I was like okay, I'm just going to go back to watching my, you know, three seasons of Veronica Mars and um, enjoy the movie a little bit, but that, you know, whatever. Don't need to talk to any random people on the internet. Now Veronica <laughs> Mars has read itself with the source material, Yikes. so I'm just like, okay, there's a lot of TV. Golden Age, I'll find something else. <laughs> or I'll go back to the original three seasons and pretend like that fourth one does not exist. Um See, this is good to know. I was wondering if I should watch season four, and maybe I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to watch other seasons. I feel like uh... you should, but (laughs) just know that, like, the ending is going to make all of it awful. (laughs) But the pursuit of the ending is interesting. (laughs) You know, because it's like, it's a mystery, right? So you have to get through it all. Like, I spent the majority of that season being like, I don't know about this, but also they haven't revealed everything because it's a mystery. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, But, yeah, I think that, like, and this kind of segues nicely into this nonsense, is, like, finding solace back in the original source material is always, like, really nice. When fandom goes off the rails and when, like, in the online fandom and internet. But, you know, background. J.K. Rowling just showed her a whole ass, and there's been a lot of evidence but that she's a turf um, and that she's got questionable politics. Um, and we've seen a lot of, like, things that could be explained away or... You know, you may not have seen, like, you know, the accumulation of all of these small, I guess, small-ish, depending on how they (laughs) affect you or harm you, um, clues and hints of who she really is. And then she did this tweet basically proclaiming herself a TERF, um, trans-exclusionary radical feminist, and proclaiming her stance against this humanity people it's like it sounds so stupid it sounds to me insane to say like she basically just discounted the existence of humans um so with with that happening is it like difficult then to find solace back again in these 
stories that have been with you for so long? So I think what's funny is that I think we're, I think what we're doing is the opposite. So our response to this has been, um, the make Harry Potter even gayer 2020 campaign that we've launched. They're amazing. (laughs) So we, I don't know. We don't know anything about how to use Twitter. We have like (laughs) 12 and a half Twitter followers who even knows what's happening over there, but on Instagram where we know how to do things, um, it's like become a real thing. It's like a hashtag that people can use. We're using it to like gather fan works, gather queer fan art. And you know, the people who, screenshot and post queer Harry Potter Tumblr posts and fanfics and whatever. So we're actually turning to the queer fandom as a way to say fuck you to JK Rowling um, and be like, actually, Harry Potter is incredibly queer and trans and we're actually just going to steal this from you. And I actually, just before we came on here today, put together a a deck for Instagram on how to cancel JK Rowling while keeping Harry Potter. Um, And so I think that's really what we're doing is being like, support queer creators, read queer fan art, come up with new queer headcanons and talk about them and draw them and write about them and put them out into the world and make Harry Potter even more ours than it already was and stop giving J.K. Rowling your money, right? Yeah. So, which I feel like is the biggest form of canceling someone that can Mm -hmm. happen is to, instead of being like, well, now I have to stop giving myself this thing that I love, like take, be like, I can't have Harry Potter anymore. Be like, actually I can have Harry Potter more than ever. It's her that can't have it anymore. I love that. I just had this conversation because it's, you know, holidays have gone up and I got a pair of Harry Potter pajamas for Christmas. And I was like, Hey guys, so (laughs) new role, keep buying me Harry Potter things, but they need to come from Etsy. They need to come from, fan places they cannot come from the Warner Brothers store (laughs) they cannot yeah I texted my mom and was like you've been buying me those illustrated Harry Potter books for Christmas I actually don't want any more of them um thank you yeah so yeah we all we all have to be really careful about being like no more money for JK Rowling which I feel like it's interesting too because it's like in some ways really easy now because like right. like I think Hashtag there's so right there's like there's the so movies. many things I mean even even if you're torrenting the movie like those movies are not good so like save yourself it's save your brain yeah, like don't even try to like <laughs> you know but um yeah so I think that that's also been like an interesting because I think for me too like there are there's something to be said about like the books and I'm gonna have to like figure out a way like, there are, like, you know, you can buy used books. You can do, like, other ways to do it so that she's not getting that money. Um, but other than that, I'm like, I don't need the movies. Most of their merch, like, some of their merch is cute, but, like, not me. You can find cuter. Like, I can find, can like, the right good, like, fan artists and, like, folks who do, like, nerdy clothing and, like, nerdy trinkets and stuff. Like, you can find, like, it's, it's just, like, a... If if any time is the time to like be the worst, like now is because we can easily be like, all right, bye. Thank you. Go do that over right. there. 
So. I've seen a lot of things yeah. online with people saying emancipate Harry Potter, and I really like that, like, nice. framing of, like, I mean, you know, he's of age nice. now, and so are we, but, like, you know, divorcing the creation from the creator and being, like, because I do also think that um, Jackson Bird uh, wrote, a, <laughs> wrote a book and <laughs> called it Sorted because of how influential Harry Potter was into, like, his in his life and, like, transition and things. Um, but he he wrote after this uh, piece in the New York Times, like, an opinion piece, and he was saying, like, actually, when I think about Harry Potter and the things that really matter to me, it's, like, the connections that I've made, the friends I've made, the opportunities that I've been able to do, which are pretty di- well divorced from what J.K. Rowling has done and has been giving, and it's been that way basically since the original seven ended, right? Like, the, right. the things that people have created from that original seven source material is like lived on and as Bianca said been of a higher and better quality Man. than the things that she's been Man. making. Us. She's making us pay yeah. for yeah. things so, that are just like they like make you know all, like the flames from clue on the side of my face. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's how yes. they made I'm like, why am I spending money for that? Like why? Yeah. And I could just do better things. Things yeah. that make you happy. Yeah, actually, this is this is very off topic, but I've always been unsatisfied with the graphic design of, of the official oh Harry Potter gosh. merch, and I'm like, all this money, and this is what this it's is what we're like, getting. Right. Like, I mean, that's a rate, <laughs> right? <laughs> they can't they can't get I, our colors consistent, right? My mom went. My I've been asking my mom to knit me. My mom's in, she knits. So I've been asking my mom to knit me Harry Potter stuff forever. And this is also like a funny like the look on her face as she's like been knitting me this like Ravenclaw hat while I've been home and when I was like by the way guys no more Harry Potter stuff and she was like uh and I was like no 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 what you're doing you're gonna actually have to do more of that <laughs> yeah. she, she went to I call it crochet con because I don't know it was like a knitting convention um and she was laughing because she went up to there was a person with a Harry Potter like booth and they asked her they're like is she a movie fan or a book fan it's like, why does that matter? She's like, I just know Ravenclaw. <laughs> They're like, it, it matters. <laughs> she got the whole history. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to. If your mom opens an Etsy shop, let us know. I've We're going to accumulate her. a whole library of queer creators on our website. I've so. been telling her she made me a Jane hat. She's like made me all, all sorts of awesome stuff that. Like the nerds will pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. And you know, the black nerds want to support other black nerds. Let's be real. So like, yes, I would buy stuff from your. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, I um, I feel like we've let's let's do fun things. Um, I (laughs) want to hear because we love like we come up with lots of random headcanons and like just you know things that just kind of come off they just pop up when we're in conversation um so I want to know some of your favorite headcanons and some of the like cool things that you've kind of come up with while doing the podcast or ones that you had before that too are also cool Hagrid is a trans woman okay I was listening to one of your episodes and I heard that and I want like can you explain because I want like our listeners to, yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. I will say um, the best thing you can do is go listen to, I think it's episode 18, where we interviewed uh, May Rude about Mm -hmm. this theory. Um, We felt like it was really important to talk to a trans woman before we solidified our reading. Um, And the interview is just really beautiful. So I encourage everyone to listen to it. But it basically came from a series of things that we had noticed, starting with, you know, she refers to herself as mummy repeatedly in relation to her creatures throughout the series. Um, But I think the tipping point, Jesse, is this correct, was the part where she is... Like, she has a good relationship with unicorns who only allow women Mm. to interact with them. Um, And so it was sort of, you know, all of the things that we all know and love about Hagrid in terms of her softness and maternal qualities and the love that she has to give and the, you know, her Midwest lesbian dream cabin that she lives in. Uh, sort of reached a pinnacle when we stopped to think about what does this fact about her relationship with unicorns mean? And it was like, oh, and it became so clear in that moment. And also part of it is that, um, so I'm I'm a Midwestern queer woman, uh, cis queer woman, but Hagrid's outdoor lifestyle is like every butch woman that I know in the Midwest where it's like, Oh, you want, you want to live in the woods with beautiful animals and you have a garden and you're just like outside in nature, cuddling wild creatures. And it's like, that's the dream. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, <laughs> Oh my God. I'm thinking about your head. Like, Minnesota winters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the, if you stop to think about her relationship with Madame Maxime for, like, a second and a half, you're like, oh, that is a lesbian mm. relationship. Like, Madame Maxime is a high femme lesbian, and she and Hagrid go on a beautiful <laughs> camping trip together, where Hagrid is obviously, like, taking care of all of the, you know, all of the camping stuff while Madame Maxime like sits on a log and watches and like fans herself. It's just very, very gay and very beautiful. Um, yeah, that's definitely number one on my list in terms of our head cannons. It just literally makes me so happy every time I think about it. And it's been forever since it came into yeah, our lives. I love it. I feel so. like those are the best head cannons where like you come up with it and then suddenly it's like, it is canon, basically. <laughs> You're just like, yep, that's just yeah. how yeah. I, no I now operate with that as, like, the baseline at all times. Like That's how I feel about, like, we have, like, a hashtag dad oh. thing, which is Sirius and Remus. And, like, I've been, like, a I mean, wolf yeah. star person. Um, and not even, like, shipping them. I have this, like, term of, like, tugboating. It's, like, it's not even a romantic love. It's just, like, I, I love them together, like, their friendship and stuff. Then once we, like, decided, like, those are his, like, those are Harry's dads, and, like, together as, like, a unit, like, parenting this, like, mediocre, (laughs) ungrateful boy, (laughs) I get, like, 
like really offended when people don't give his dad their yeah. due. <laughs> like, yes. We, were, we just watched, or we were just reading that part of Chris Cloud where he's yelling at Dumbledore about not being no, the about father. Not, that he's he like, I didn't have him. good examples of like a father, so that's why I'm so terrible at parenting. And I'm like, but what about? Yeah, and we were like, we were like, give your dads <laughs> the respect that they deserve. <laughs> I mean, like, really. Like, how yes. dare you? Also, just, like, his complete, like, neglecting of, like, building a relationship with Remus the way he does it serious is, like, you have another dad. He's right there trying to be there for you. He's not even writing him. It's out of pocket. Not even. Can he get an out <laughs> once in a while? <laughs> oh, okay, but... Sirius was totally sharing the letters that Harry sent to him with Yes. Lupin. And Lupin's like over like in the all, corner all making tea, like, did he say anything <laughs> about me? <laughs> okay. Which is true. Harry oh was gosh. a bit of a shit about that when it's like clearly Lupin is your is your godmother. And on top of like, that, what like, he yes. built a relationship like, with Remus before he even met Sirius. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he, he meets Sirius and he's like, Oh, well then that's that's who I'm rolling with. Then when Sirius dies, he's like, well, I, I thought Lupin would write me. And it's like, you, it works both ways. The quote works both ways. <laughs> Just <laughs> like send him an owl. Quit playing games. Respect your father. Uh, ungrateful kids. We, we had a realization that if, if everyone had lived, Harry would have been raised in the like full house family. Yes. Um, so uh, Jesse and Becky are... Sirius and Remus and Danny is Lily and Joey is James. Oh. And that is exactly the dynamic that Harry would have been raised with. And it's just like I know. So like, yeah, and I feel like it makes his parents' deaths like, like more video, tragic. A fan video of the opening of Full House. Harry and his dad and Lily. His dad and Lily. Ah, uh, that would be it. great. Yeah. I love it. Any other headcanons that you guys have that you love? Um, Our newest one that we're still sort of sorting out with fans who can speak to it from a lived experience is uh, reading Hermione as autistic, which we're also very excited about. Um, But it is, I think we only have one episode out in which we've touched on it and we're still in the process of talking with our listeners who, you know, can provide us with like feedback. It's been 100% positive so far um, and came from our listeners originally. This is not authentic to us. This came from folks responding to readings that we like ways that we were talking about Hermione and being like, Oh, actually now that you point that out, that really resonates with me. Um, But we are very excited about that reading as well. And just like also in in general, as uh, two people who are uh, neurodiverse, like uh, I have uh, ADHD and a variety of learning disabilities, like rereading the books now, it's like, oh, clearly Hermione and Neville are both also neurodiverse. Um, yeah. Like real clear. Uh, Neville's struggling academically, and someone please no. help him. Yes. <laughs> but also like, you know. Just like the, how quickly Hermione processes information is like, you know, I think 
maybe we had initially were kind of just like, does she have ADHD? Probably not because she's too organized, but... Yeah, yeah we were know, reading it originally as, like, um, hypervigilance, and we're like, does she have, like, mm-hmm. a trauma history? Um, and then to be given the gift of being, like, not a trauma history. In fact, autism is like, fuck yes, absolutely. Like, that is so beautiful and like I don't know so great it just makes us yeah I feel like I love that about books like that like I think so there's like this whole like I know um around like the kind of discourse that like not the racist part but just general discourse about like Hermione being black and people talking about how like you know I think some people were trying to like give JK Rowling that credit when really it's like the fans doing that doing that and kind of talking about the difference between like writing specific people and writing people with less intention I guess and like kind of just like the default white kind of thing um and so it's like one of those things where I feel like it's so interesting where because she writes them so and like I mean I think at some sort of on purpose and in some ways I think she's just bullshitting and saying now that it was on purpose um like making some things vague and not like explicitly stating um some of the identities of characters in some ways I feel like is a cop-out on her end but like for fans is great because then you can just like you kind of take the things that you identify with and in some ways can work it like helps you kind of like see yourself in things that the author maybe did not intend if that makes sense um mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like it's. I think it's great on like a fan stand on like a fan side, but then I also would be cool if she had just written it. <laughs> just, just you know, tell people that Dumbledore is gay. Not even just, just say, say it because she said it, but like yeah. actually put it in the text. In the book, yeah, show it. Show what that actually means. Like, let's not just. Yeah. And it doesn't just mean intense oh relationships with Nazis. Cool. I didn't say. And it. I didn't. <laughs> okay. but... I didn't put that in the universe. Yikes. I feel like I feel like my favorite is when I read book seven and they were talking about the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. I was like, wait, it, no, we, they were oof. totes in love. Like this is very And Elfie like, Stones was man. just there like love for two. Dumbledore all the dudes right. Oh my gosh. Uh, the idea that Dumbledore did not get with Elpheus Doge as like, you know, a rebound or something. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Well, you know, witches only, in the wizarding world, you only have one true love. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You, live to, you live 120 years, but you mate. When no, you were a teenager. I, I, the person that you love when you're, when you're, when you're 14. You had that, that's it. You had that one time and it uh, never worked out. It's like 100 years. Nothing. We're good. I'll need it. <laughs> so you guys are like early into the prisoner of Askman right now. So I'm wondering, um, as you're going through what like scene or moment has been like the gayest moment of the series so far that what you guys are all like, you both are like, Whoa, <laughs> wait a second. We've been, we've been reading Chris child. Well, and we've had numerous. That's like, the whole thing. It's gay. <laughs> That the whole thing is gay. Play <laughs> oh my gosh. Is a gay play. It's like there, there are, are no, no straight no, interactions in that play. And it's wild for it to be 
It's a play about Harry and Draco being in love and their kids being in love, which is going to be really awkward for their yeah. kids. And but... I've never, like, shipped <laughs> Harry and Ron ever. Like, to me, that's always been, like, brotherly, like, love or whatever. But I'm like, something happened. Like, I'm just, I'm like, y'all were yeah. scorned. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out why y'all are not talking. I mean, I think maybe Harry, Harry was like, you know what, Ron? I realize that I don't actually love Jenny. I love you. And Ron was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> awkward. It is a brotherly love situation. And then Harry's like, you know that that like, oh my god, don't look at me, don't talk to me. Oh my god, I think that's Harry what happened. Got it. With Harry and Ron, that's why their friendship is kaput. It's just that like awkward elephant in the room. They never talk to each other in the entire play. They're in so many <laughs> scenes together, and they do not that's talk so to weird. each other. Not. They say like. No, they don't. They say it to like whoever else is in the room, or they'll say something, right. and then the other Jenny person will respond, and they never actually at any point say words <laughs> to each other. Something happened. I just I don't. <laughs> I've just I just yeah. oh, sorry. You're right. I told you <laughs> my fault. <laughs> That's what happened. That awkward elephant in the room of Harry confessing his unrequited love. I'm trying to imagine if Ron would be more pissed at that or about Harry telling him about his undying love of Draco Malfoy, a.k.a. Right. the enemy of It could of be that, family. too. Because right. Harry Draco was definitely... I think at one point we were thinking... Maybe we, maybe we were talking to... Was it Lisa? We were talking to Elisa. We were, like, we were talking about, like, maybe what it was, like, when... Because um, at one point in Cursed Child, Harry, like, forbids Albus from talking to Scorpius, and then they have this, like, super gay, like dance choreography thing it's it's so good but it's good to watch to like read you're like no Wait, no is there a like dance they, off in this play like they have you know, battle battle dancing as opposed to so they're like pulling away and you're like oh no you're so far it's like wild there's a whole <laughs> choreography of like the stairs dancing with each other while albus is on one staircase and scorpius is on the other and they're just giving each other longing looks but turning away and it's so dramatic and it's just like just and it ends with them like right anyway the point though the point that I was trying to make (laughs) (laughs) is that like we were talking about like maybe what it is is that like Harry and Draco know that their particular relationship was really toxic or like Harry is like yeah when I loved you it was a problem because then all of a sudden I'm like following you I can't sleep I'm looking at you I'm following on the map then all of a sudden I'm like attacking you and like it wasn't it didn't work out so our our kids can't do this (laughs) can't be in this toxic relationship or like pursuit of a relationship i feel like we haven't come across anything super queer yet because we're like we just like finished recording like chapter nine but in almost every chapter like draco is dramatically (laughs) reenacting a thing that harry has done and it's like the slytherins are so done with your crush on harry they are so tired of hearing you talk about Harry Potter a lot. every day. Like, nonstop. It's like, you're not being subtle. <laughs> like, ev- all the Slytherins are like, oh, we get it. Just, maybe that's why he you're- only has Crab and Goyle, because they have, like, no, like, discerning thought, and they're not really listening. So they have just, yeah. like, an endless capacity to hear him bitch about Harry, while it's, like, Blaze and Pansy are like, bruh, I have things to do. No more. <laughs> Because we were also trying to figure out why Blaze and Draco right. aren't besties. Racism. And but 
It's pr- and it's like Blaze is just tired <laughs> of hearing about Harry Potter. Jesse says it could it's be so that too. <laughs> All of it, yeah. Both. But otherwise, yeah, because they have much like their backgrounds match up more, and like Crab and Goyle are just. They right. could actually have conversations yeah. instead of Draco just talking to himself right. and Crab and Goyle, like, guffawing, which is not... It's kind of like participating in fandom, but not participating in fandom. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Blaze. Blaze is Oh, Blaze. We love Blaze here. I love Blaze. It's basically, he didn't hang out with Malfoy, because Malfoy was chasing Harry, and he was like, I have sticks to maintain. I have a look. Can't be can't be wrinkled. You trying to go after Harry for what? Right. I think you you have like a whole rant about that. I have to find it. We we went on a whole rant. One of our listeners even like animated it, because Blaze was like, I have dragon skin shoes on. I can't be out here chasing around with Harry Potter. Uh, That is... Completely correct yeah. that uh, Blaze is like hand stitch, like Italian made, yeah, right, like, dragon skin shoes and like a no. tailor, and he's just like, like I am dignified. <laughs> like you got me out here trying to be a Death Eater, like. <laughs> like, you want me to tattoo this skin? Do you see? Like, no force. No force. But I look like messing up this beauty. Like, put, put a see, mask like, on. Have you seen his cheekbones? Do like, you know how long my skincare oh my routine gosh. takes? Like, <laughs> you want me to wear the same outfit that everybody else wearing? <laughs> you want me in the back? Of the chorus? Like, I am a star. This is center stage. You know, he he has an aesthetic, and he spends time crafting (laughs) these looks, and Voldemort is not going to be the one out here dictating. No. Never. Not at all. Yeah, Blaze only listens listens to his mom in respect to anyone's opinion, and it's like... That's it. So, Jesse, I know you talked about reading a lot of fic, are there any, like, truly great queer fic that you can recommend to us? I have one. <laughs> the only, saying, it's the only one she's read. Like, it's not, or not the only one she's read, because she's read, like, because we have our Hogwarts BSU project. But outside of that, she has right. one fic, It period. was my first, <laughs> it was my first fic, and then I just didn't feel the need to, like, stray from it. It was so perfect that. Wait, what, what was it? It's called it? The Survivor. Okay. And it follows Remus Lupin in the eighties, and he's dealing with. The, he decides he's gonna, like, he's the gay werewolf, and his love of his life has killed his best friend, so he's gonna go live in the Muggle world. But then he gets to the Muggle world, and the AIDS crisis is happening. Holy shit! Yeah, but it's a it's a well, masterpiece. I need to read this. It's so good. That, but she like, literally I don't has know not read another fic since. Like, literally. I understand this, actually. I just read one, and then at the end of it, all of a sudden, Lily is, reading, is listening to a podcast in the 70s, and I was like, that's why <laughs> I stick with what I know. <laughs> um, I feel like there are a couple of fics that come to mind that, oh, God, I should probably know the names of this. Um... There's one that I'm currently reading that is, but it's called 
survival is a talent. It's a Draco and Harry fic that starts in their Mm -hmm. second year. It is a... (sighs) I have to explain this because it's a very specific fandom thing. It is a soulmates alternative universe where Harry and Draco touch for the first time in book two during the dueling scene I, I get and they both and they both have and so they're both like soulmates they have like a like complimentary soulmates mark on their bodies and they're both like oh fuck how do we deal with this and so it, it progresses like through from book two on with them like having like a well a friendship that becomes a romantic relationship but it's really lovely because it's like so uh, the Harry in the story is he's mixed race uh, where Lily is white and, J- and James Potter is Southeast Asian um, there are other queer characters in the series. Uh, there are at least there's like one original, like original non-binary character, and I believe another non-binary character too. So like you like the like the the like kind mm-hmm. of like cast of characters is queer, and there's like other like queer relationships, and like the person who writes it is very thoughtful about kind of like making the Harry Potter universe super diverse in a way that is like incredible. So, um, and yeah, so, and it's just, it's just like really well written and really lovely. And it like brings in a bunch of other, like, like where a bunch of other Slytherins become friends with like a bunch of other like Gryffindors and like Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs. So it's like a really nice ensemble piece and not just about Harry and Draco, but also like their relationship is really lovely. And of course we have, you know, his gay dads, yeah. uh, Sirius and Remus, which, of course, yeah. A+. Plus. Uh, so, it, like, it hits, it hits a lot of buttons, and it's, like, really well-written. So, um, and then second one is just sort of, like, another, another Harry and Draco fic, because I feel like a lot of the, like, really talented mm. slash authors write Harry Draco, but, um, it's called, uh, House Proud, um, and it's about sort of the magic of Grimald Place, where uh, it the Grimald Place sort of locks Harry and Draco in the house together, and Draco is like, "You have mistreated your house. This is a magical house. You need to be treated. You need to like it is sort of sentient, kind of, and it's been so mistreated that it just like basically hates Harry." But Draco's like. Dude, my family is, grew up in this house. Like, I know about this house and how to, like, how you take care of a house, a magical house. And through them figuring out how to make the remote place livable, they, I mean, have a relationship and fall in love. So, yeah. and it's, I mean, and that's really lovely, but just sort of, like, exploring how other kinds of magics in the, magi- in the magical world works is, like, super lovely. And this author has written a few other really lovely uh, fix in Harry Potter fandom that are, like, uh, also sort of explore different elements of, like, the magic in the universe. And also just things that are just straight up just, like, really <laughs> raunchy gay porn, which I'm like, great. Got, you get all your, your bases covered. So, yeah. So those two are really great. And then, off topic, but I think, Robin, relevant to your interest, if you are into it all... Um, like Marvel, like Captain America. <laughs> Tell know me more. <laughs> so there is, is this excellent fan fiction that's is it what. Stucky? 
Yes. Okay. No, have you read Known Associates? No. <laughs> oh, you're good. Okay, so Known Associates is lovely where the premise is that Steve is a queer pinko communist in the 40s who's like... He's like ex- like explicitly like a queer like communist fairy who is like kind of like non-binary-ish like not like not a cis dude basically, and then it, and so it follows him from like the first movie to I be- I don't, can't remember if it, it goes through at least the first movie and kind of like his feeling of being like this tiny twink like the 1940s version of a twink essentially to like becoming Captain America and like, and then like, you know, being frozen and being in the new world and being like, and trying to figure out what his identity means in modern day. But the author does a really good job of incorporating both um, like we, like what queer people were doing in the forties, like what, you know, you know, the socialists were doing kind of like, and kind of like making, his world in the, you know, when he was younger, like very queer and diverse and progressive in a way that incorporates actual, you know, queer progressive history from the forties. And it's like, I've been reading fan fiction for like 15 years. This is probably one wow. of the best things I've ever read. Cause it's like the person does so much wow. research into history to incorporate into this fan fiction where you're just like, <laughs> I've learned so much about queer history just from That's reading so this awesome. already. All right. It is, and it's like super long. So Ooh, it's like excellent. even better. So, yeah. I like them um, I think we would be remiss also to not mention the fact that we make oh, really? queer fanfic. With oh, um, really? One of, our, one of our Patreon bonuses is called The Queer Blur. Oh uh, and it's where, you know, oh that Oh, my God. Right. Wait, 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 say it one more say time. It one more time. <laughs> What's it called? Say it one more time. So beautiful. <laughs> so good. Uh, the, the Queer Blur. <laughs> So, you know that campfire game where you, like, go in a circle and make up a story? Like, each person takes a turn making up the plot. So we pick a premise, and then we go back and forth and make up the story in the moment. Uh, And it's honestly really good. We have a Bellatrix Lestrange uh, Molly Weasley slash on there. We have a couple that were not intended to be dreary <laughs> fix that ended up there anyway. <laughs> um, it's not all of them are uh, romantic. Some of them are just like, we have one where like Draco gets sorted into Ravenclaw instead of Slytherin, which is one of our like avid beliefs is that he, mm. he doesn't belong in Slytherin. But so that's a thing. That's a thing that exists if anyone feels like checking that, that out. sounds... I love it. Make sure that you guys support the Gaily Prophets so you can get access to those. <laughs> so good. We, we have to commit to the puns. Yeah, I now, mean, so. you can't stop. I, you guys are the... You know? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and to be fair, so it is... Uh, we have... A, a comic artist so because you know we're a newspaper our, our episodes are separated into newspaper segments so we have a comic section which obviously is on social media and not in the podcast uh but it's our comic artist uh, theo julian forrester who both named our podcast and basically i was like quick me and jesse are gonna make a gay harry potter podcast we need a pun name and he just like came back with both the gaily Prophet 
Prophet and the Queer Blur in, like, five oh seconds. Gosh. And I was like, well, the Queer Blur is really hard to understand how to say when you see it written <laughs> down. So we're not going to use that for the actual podcast, but we will use it for yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, you can't leave either of those just That's sitting on the table. That would be... Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I know. It's kind of... So when we decided that we were doing the podcast, we were kind of getting really into the minutiae, you know, how are we going to do this logistics, blah, blah, blah. And then I think Bayana's like, well, we're going to need to get new books so that we can annotate, like, take notes in the books. And once she said that, and it was like, oh, we have a reason to buy a new set of books. It was it. We were like, we'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> we bought our books. We're like, we're doing the thing. I think once someone well, says the Daily Prophet, you're like, well, we'll figure it out. We got to do Honestly, I don't think that we would be here life. a year later if we didn't have that name because that's the only reason we have segments in our mm. podcast. And if we didn't have that organization system, it would be a disaster and we would have crashed and burned. So it is. Yeah. You'd have three hour Man. long episodes. We already like we have that, but at least There's like we have to keep organized. our Yeah. Yeah. That's like us like doing the close yeah. reading of the chapter. And sometimes you look up and it's been three hours and you're like, oops. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Yeah. We'll do that, and we're like, oh, we've just been ranting about something completely different, and we haven't even gotten to the political part, so we are... Oh, yeah. We definitely have had moments where we, like, are only talking about the first page of... (laughs) It's been 40 minutes, we're like, we should get to the rest of the chapter. (laughs) Like, oh, no. The days of the perfectly normal. Let me tell you what's not normal. And then all of a sudden, an hour and a half later... Well, that's why the nurses aren't normal. Let's, <laughs> let's see what else is going on in this book. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite thing about podcasting? I think what I just really like is that I now have, like, dedicated time in my life to, like, really just go completely hog wild talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> Where it's, like, it's at work, everyone's like, what? And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, if I'm hanging out with people, I'm like, we should probably talk about other things besides me screaming about the books. So it's just like, I mean, it's, it's really great just to have like that space to like unselfconsciously talk about like Harry Potter and things related to it and just being able to, you know, you know, do a close reading and be like, oh, let me look on the internet for half an hour about the different weird horse colors that Buckbeak clearly would be, you know, like, so. I think for me, more and more, it's the community that we're building with folks. Like, increasingly often we get messages from listeners about how, like, we help them get brave enough to, like, change their pronouns or, like, come out to their family or buy their first binder or, you know, whatever. We, like, help them deal with working in a homophobic workplace. Um, And, you know, every time we get one of those messages, I'm, like, weeping and, like, texting it to Jesse. And then presumably she's also weeping, but at least is texting me back the weeping emoji. (laughs) And um, that is just not... When we started this... I don't think any part of me could have anticipated that this would be part of what we were doing, but it is, and it feels so 
awesome. And I love it so much. I love that. I think, too, it's, like, for me, um, it's funny because when you're recording, I mean, we've changed up. Like, but when we first started recording, it was just me and Bayana talking, and we are, well, we're family, so we're cousins. And I would, like, on our second episode, <gasps> I shouted penis because I'd been watching the Alma Van Zandt. And people still and, like, listen to us after that. I know they just continued up, listening to our which podcast after that. <laughs> I know really I think it does more about it. them than it does about me because they kept listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I would never, I, I mean, I hope I would, ne- I, no, I would never be comfortable enough to just shout penis in public. But when I'm talking to Bayana, I can, I'm just, I forget that like these things are going out and people are listening to them. Um, and now we've like built this whole community and like, I have to remind myself that people are listening to this. That should be a little bit more discreet. But also, like, it's really great because those are, like, really authentic moments where, like, I had literally just watched a marathon of Yama Van Zant with my aunt, and then we recorded the podcast. Your mind. And so my Yama impression was, like, <laughs> top of mind. <laughs> but, like, the fact that that, like, super weird, super, like, niche, like... Thing became like interesting um you know and then people like didn't reject me <laughs> in fact they embraced you which is I, I, <laughs> yeah exactly right which again <laughs> says more about them than me um, but yeah I love yeah that. i definitely feel like it's it's one of those things like what jesse was you, saying about like being able to discuss it without feeling judged or like you know, people are like, okay, we get it. <laughs> We've talked about Harry Potter for, like, it's been, like, well, you can wrap it up, you're good. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, like, I, yeah, I kind of, like, agree with what both of you are talking about and just, like, too, because I think, like, a lot of times, I feel like some somebody said this, somebody, like, far more prolific than me, I just can't remember now, but, like, talking about how, like, being specific is can be like universal or is universal or become Andre Holland from the Moonlight. Thank you. I was like, I knew it. In I the, know that quote. Yes. That quote is like seared um, into my soul. But I think that it's like it's interesting from like on both side, like for the Gay Prophet and for Wizard Team, and like how just kind of like coming from your own perspective and just talking about yourself and the things that you're reading into these texts, and then all these people identify with it and flock to it and like find meaning even if they don't necessarily agree with your take on it like they still are finding things from it that I think is like really awesome and you know JK Rowling didn't do that so (laughs) we did (laughs) yeah sure did um so are there any like people or voices that we should know about or stories or writings um by trans people, um, queer people that we can read and boost and, you know, grow our knowledge? I will. So Autostraddle just uh, put out a list of fantasy books that have trans characters in them, which I think is something that everyone should look at and then read the books on the list. I think I may have seen that um, list. We are, so 
like I said, like this Make Harry Potter Even Gayer 2020 campaign that we're doing, we are, you know, amassing things that queer folks are creating. So there's a story highlight on our Instagram page. And also if you just look up that hashtag on Instagram, you'll find a bunch of like queer and trans specific Harry Potter like specific stuff. If folks are looking for that. I also have a list, not from Autostraddle, but from someone on Tumblr. They have a list of um, books that have uh, queer and trans and non-binary characters in it. Um, And they, they have it broken down. They have a list where it's like, they call it like stealth queer like science fiction and fantasy to like give to like young people where like if you read the back cover or a summary you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't realize it was queer and so like which uh can be useful if you're passing on books or like trying to recommend books for people who maybe for whatever reason don't feel comfortable or can't openly access those um kinds of stories and i also believe this person might have a list of ones that are where they emphasize also um, queer POC literature, but I will have to send that out also. Yeah, I'm going to kind of like add it in the, um, um, in the notes. Yes. I also want to yeah. shout out uh, Maya Kobabe, who is a non-binary queer uh, comic book artist who wrote the book, the graphic novel, Gender Queer, a memoir um, that talks actually a lot about Harry Potter. And he also wrote a zine called Harry Potter and the Problematic Author that is really good, um, explores not just the, you know, transphobia issues with J.K. Rowling, but also the issues with, like, magic in North America and a lot of her, like, you know, bullshit (laughs) in general. Um, So I would... uh, Maya actually published that uh, page by page on your Instagram recently, so that's a place that folks can access that. But um, I would totally check out Maya's work for sure. Dope. Thank you. Awesome. Um... Okay, and then where can folks find you? You can listen to The Gaily Prophet wherever you get podcasts, as far as we know. If you can't find it, you should tell us so we can put it there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can also find The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Gaily Prophet, and also on our website, thegailyprophet.com. And we have a Patreon that you can look at as well. What, do you know that... Uh... Patreon.com slash the Gaily Prophet. So we um, do a thing at the end of all of our podcasts where we nominate a winner or MVP um, and who is benched. So like a loser. Um, In this case, like usually it's like chapters, but in this case it can just be Potter fandom things or just anything that we talked about in this episode. Yeah. So who's your MVP? So my MVP would be the Gaily Prophet for one joining us today and for having a space to think critically and have queer theory infused into, like, our favorite books. Um, and also, um, fan fiction writers for 
for some of these awesome fanfics that you guys have told us about. Um, I'm gonna say your friend who came up with these names because that is <laughs> truly <Solid choice. laughs> I think I'm gonna yeah go the same route and just say everybody out there who's creating queer Harry Potter content especially folks who are doing it in response to what JK Rowling has been about the last little bit here um, because I think that um, angrily reclaiming our space in the fandom is exactly what we all need to be doing right now. So, My MVP is all of the creators on uh, Etsy and Instagram making all of the cute Harry Potter merch that I will now be buying from here on out. Um, and I think the yeah, loser is pretty say, clear. Yeah, just like, <laughs> <so> real easy. <laughs> Super easy. Yeah, yeah. Take all of Take the every L. Um, just, every yeah. L. Just keep them. Uh, actually, if you could just right. leave this that thing. Would that would be great. You can find someone to offer you off the premises. Premises. <laughs> <laughs> We're filing a restraining order. We, we got it. Uh, <laughs> well thank you guys so much um thanks for joining us and we look forward to uh catching more episodes of the daily prophet and seeing um what you guys got going on over on instagram thanks for listening on wednesday we will resume our regular schedule and we'll be discussing harry potter and the cursed child so that's a thing um make sure to read and follow along Join the conversation on Twitter um, using the hashtag wizard team and we will be back at a podcasting app near you.